Yeah. Welcome to the Magnificent Vibes Podcast. It's your host, Rod. Co-host Ian is on the way, and we got a great show for y'all today. Today, we're going to discuss the results from the Bears-Packers game, Serena Williams addressing sexism during her meltdown. Also, we got a new segment called the Magnificent Vibes Music Table, where we will be discussing three topics you'll find out in soon. In our next segment, what do you think is going to happen to these players or teams? Redskins, Le'Veon Bell, Anthony Davis. Also, we hand out our ever so coveted Ain't Nobody Coming to See You Award. And also our vibes of the week. So sit back, relax, just vibe. Ride and just enjoy the show. And just enjoy the show. And just enjoy the show. What up, what up? Man, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. What's going on? I'm recording live from the wonderful southeast side, man. 90th and commercial, man. Oh, man, man. You way south. Yeah, way east, too, man. Almost by the lake. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Old I know. Oh, man, remember street lingo? Yeah, street lingo. For those who don't know about street lingo, man. That's that's the spot that gave birth to Triple Five Soul, LRG, yes. uh, Temple Effective. I mean, what else? Am, am I living out something? Yes, yes, definitely. Soul, Soul Rebels. Soul Rebels, forgot about them. Drunken Monkey. Remember Drunken Drunk Monkey? Monkey? Yeah, and they used to have, like, cool shirts. Like, uh, I had one shirt that I bought from there a long time ago. Man, I, was, I missed that shirt. But, you know, brother gained a couple of pounds, so I kind of grew out of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I look like Homer Simpson in that shirt. But uh, <laughs> but it had, so it had a, a quote, it had a verse from Guru of, you know, my steez. And oh, there's a wow. verse in there that says, I, while others choose greed, I choose to plant seeds for your mental, physical, and spiritual temple. And it had a person planting a seed on a person's like mind. It was like a drawing on it, and it had the actual verse. I was like, "Oh, I gotta get this, man!" I think Linnell was with me that day, and we, me and Linnell had. Stopped. I was like, "Man, I gotta get this shirt." So, man, shouts out the street lingo. That's throwback, bro. I miss it, man. I do. I spend mad money at street lingo, man. Street lingo is the reason why I never owned a car as a teenager. <laughs> Hey, I didn't own one until I was 21. So, yeah, street lingo has something to do with that, too. Man, Definitely. I, I stay I stayed dipped in the latest B-boy wear, man. Like, it was... Exactly. Dude, man. Man. And you know what's sad, though? You know, after lingo left and moved up north, you know who tried to carry the torch was leaders, man. And I felt like... I was like, man, leaders... Leaders, they, leaders was a little too, too trendy, man. They, yeah. they were... They had alternative style gear, but it was like... 
it was just a little too preppy, a little too cleaned up, a little too yeah. mainstream. You know, it was they tried, man, but it wasn't the same, man. The the, the spirit of an age had left. You know what I mean when Street Lingo uh, uh, left. So, but when they moved, it was just it wasn't the same. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, what was my man's name? Oh, the Hispanic guy who used to run the store. Yeah. Man, I forgot. Wasn't his like Ezekiel or Israel or something, something, some biblical name. Man, I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue, man. It wasn't, uh, man, it wasn't Jacob, was it? No, Jacob. It was something like had hyphens in it. You know how. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see the script. Yeah. You know, it got the multiple hyphens in it. You got to change your tone on all of them. Yeah, but well, we'll, we'll figure it out as the time. If feel free to interrupt if you have a, a, a have an epiphany <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> in the middle of the show and find out his name. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. We 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 shoot from the hip on magnificent vibes, man. You know That's how right. That's right. And we definitely gonna shoot from the hip from the, off these first two topics that we're about to discuss. Now, Ian, I, I texted you the other night uh, during the Bears game. It was so funny. I text Ian. I'm like, it's the first quarter. It's the second quarter. I'm getting pumped. The Bears are winning. Everything's good. I'm texting Ian. Ian, what you what you send me back, man? It was first. I just want to say it was all good just a week ago. Little <laughs> <laughs> Mac was fresh. You know, we was out. Bears fans was optimistic, but yeah, man. So you shot me the text like, man, look like the Bears might pull this off. Aaron Rodgers is injured. Bye, Felicia. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I had a picture of him in the cart. I sent Ian a picture of 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 Aaron Rodgers getting escorted out on a cart. And usually, when a person gets escorted out on a cart, that means your season is over. So yeah, usually, usually. Yeah. Unless you're playing the Bears, exactly, and that's what happened <laughs> Sunday night. We they just so happened they were playing the Bears, and of course y'all know the story. Y'all know the story. Aaron Rodgers came back through three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, game over. I I don't know if you remember. Uh, do you know Dorothy and Joe Davis? By the way, yeah, yeah, they uh they used to go to my congregation before they moved down to Florida. That's right, that's right. So that's who I visited uh last this this past. Oh week. man, I didn't know you knew uh Joe Davis. Oh yeah, I met him in Metro. I met him in Metro uh, through Drink, my wife. Drinking Joe is what we used to call him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, hey, I was watching the game with Joe, and he's a fun he's a fun time, man. If I don't know if you watched the game with him uh, before. But uh, that dude was upset when the Bears lost, man. I, I, was, I actually started feeling bad for him, man. <laughs> did, he start, did he start drinking? <laughs> hey, he took a cup. He had a couple of sips. You know, I ain't going to lie. I had a few sips, too. So I'm not even going to sit there and put Joe on blast like that. But uh, yeah, it's all it's all love, man. It's all I, love. We I ain't know, trying to slander my brother. Hey, Jay. Hey, Joe. Joe's a great, great brother. He took so much care of me, my wife, and my sister-in-law last week. Big shouts out to them. They they really gave us a good time. But that Bears game, man, Joe was depressed for like two days, man. <laughs> you know he what happened, depressed. man? You know what happened? Aaron Rodgers had an epiphany. <laughs> yeah. He had an epiphany when he was on that car. He said, wait a minute. I'm playing the Bears. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all this. I'm looking at all this blue and orange, man. Like, like where I shine, man. Like, what am I doing? 
Oh, give, me a, give me a shot and get me back in that game. Yep, that's all they did. They injected him, and and man, before you know it, he was out there. Cause, and, and but the one thing that I want to mention too is, on top of Aaron Rodgers' performance, I, I which as a fan, I had to step back as a fan of football and just really appreciate what Aaron Rodgers did. I'm a Bears fan at heart, but. Had that been, if the shoe was on the other foot, foot I would be the most happiest man on earth. But uh, I, I, I'm still, I, I, one thing that the game proved to me was that the Bears made the best decision, still made the best decision they could possibly make by getting Khalil Mack here. That last touchdown that Aaron Rodgers threw that turned out to be the game winner, Randall Cobb running 75 yards, down the field for another game-winning touchdown. Randall Cobb's another bear killer, too. Go back and look up Randall Cobb's history, and you'll see how much he damaged the Bears in the past, and it still haunts us to this day. But he was running, and it looked like the play was in slow motion. And the secondary is nowhere to be found. They are, like, clueless to how to tackle this dude, don't know what to do. And then he's just running, and he would, he, he had so much field open, he slowed down. But Bears fans, I got good news for you. Who was the last person to actually catch up with him and almost make that tackle to keep him from scoring a touchdown? It was Khalil Mack. He's a – ladies and gentlemen, he played a line. He's yeah, out he, he secondary. <laughs> He had an excellent game, man. Like, he was everything I, I was hoping he would be. Of course, I didn't watch the game. I just watched the highlights. Uh-huh. But er- everything I saw from Khalil Mack, man, dude is a beast, man. He, yeah. He's like a, a blacker, better Erlacker. Yeah. Yeah. A- a- exactly. And I liked his comments after the game. Uh, they asked him, oh, you had a historical uh, first game. How do you feel about your stats and this, that, and other? He's like, man, I'm trying to win, man. <laughs> like, what? why are y'all trying to set me up for the okie doke right away? Like, I appreciate Matt keeping it real, keeping it 100 with the media and saying, listen, man, I, it ain't about me, man. It's about the team. Uh, the set, the, hey, the Bears going, they got some questions about this secondary. The secondary better not, they, they, they keep playing like trash, man. It's, it's, it's going to be a long season for the Bears, but – um, I, I love what they front seven did. They put they put a hurting on, on, on Aaron Rodgers. At least they they thought they took him out the game. But again, Aaron Rodgers took that shot of Kool-Aid in his in his knee and said, hey, man, it's the Bears, man. They yeah, they got south side, east side, you know, uh west siders, you know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to prevent all these cats from 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 shooting each other. You know, because if they beat they beat us, they're gonna celebrate. That means more crime is gonna happen on the streets. So you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna come out the locker room and I'm gonna make sure I save as many people as I can in the bottom of the streets of Chicago. So shouts out to Aaron Rodgers for protecting the streets of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you wanna look at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh I'm come I'm gonna go come back to this subject later on in the show because I got something else I got to say and that's going to be for the oldest part of our segment so I'll leave that for that but uh this next part of the segment I want to talk about is uh I don't know if you got a chance to watch the highlights or read up on it but uh Serena Williams made headlines big time over the weekend um she had a meltdown at the U.S. Open playing against Naomi Osaka 
who, by the way, is from where my sister, Stephanie, went to go live for a couple of years in Osaka, Japan. So I, I, I had a little, I had a little uh, heart there. I, I kind of wanted her to win uh, just, just for my sister's sake. But at the same time, I was rooting for Serena, too, because it was one of those matchups where I wouldn't have been mad at whoever won. Um, but she had a meltdown. My question to you, Annie, is do you feel like, you know, she attacked the whole sexism thing and you wouldn't have done this if this was male? Do you think she chose the right platform to do? Um, well, it seems that nowadays there anytime a, a, a black athlete or a black person, period, speaks up against some sort of injustice or inequality, people always say, Oh, it wasn't the right platform, it wasn't the right platform and not the not the right time and place. And it's like no matter what when or where they speak up on it, they always get told that so had she done it through social media had she done it in the post-game interviews or during the game like if she was in a no-win situation so it's like you know say what the way I feel say what you feel you need to say whenever you, you need to say it and you know from your own personal standpoint and be done with it because they're always going to say oh uh it wasn't the right platform or it wasn't right the right time and place to address it because no matter uh, you know, no matter what, they're just they're going to say that. You know, yeah. they're going to say that. Um, I don't really feel it. It, it might have been to a layer of sexism to what happened, but I feel that it was more. <laughs> I honestly feel it was more anti-Serenaism than sexism. Um, the tennis world has had a grudge against Serena for being so dominant for so long. They've had a grudge for the longest against her. Kind of like Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and they, and they treat her like, they, they've been treating her like crap forever. And I think they feel that at this point in time, you know, at this stage, they, I think they thought she would have fell off by now. But, yes, she's still dominant. She beat her number one rival while she was five months pregnant while her number one <laughs> rival was on steroids. Maria Sharapova. She just wrote like, a book, too, which is interesting. Yeah, I hope it doesn't sell any units, man. <laughs> she said some pretty interesting stuff in it, too. But that's a topic for another day. <laughs> okay. You know, but they just, you know, the tennis world. And when I, t- I talk about the tennis world, I'm not talking about, like, the casual tennis fans like you and me who watch just because Serena's on. I'm right. talking about the, the established tennis world, the old guard who felt, number one, she didn't belong in this arena, shouldn't mm-hmm. be succeeding in this arena. And, you know, you know, they're just disheartened to see her be so successful and so dominant for as long as she has been. And I think they've been kind of like trying to make her feel unwelcomed in the tennis world for the longest. And this is just the latest, you know, expression of that. Yeah. So, yeah, it could have been sexism, but I think it was more anti-Serenaism than anything. Yeah, you know what? I actually agree with that. I, I don't think it was sexism either because there have been times – in, in the men's sport where players have gotten penalized uh, for, um, you know, bad conduct. Novak Djokovic is one. The dogs got penalized. There's history, uh, especially with this particular judge. Um, he, he's had a history of having a short, a quick few, you know, short fuse when it comes to tennis players talking to him sideways. So I don't think it was a sexism thing. 
uh, yeah, men do get away with a lot more. If you go back and look at the old John McEnroe tapes and all the F-bombs he used to drop back in the day, you know, they yeah. got away with it. Okay, that's, you know, now we, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good topic of discussion to talk about. But in Serena's case, I feel like she's a target. She's pregnant. She's coming, she's coming off five months uh, after having her baby. She lost to Osaka her first uh, tournament, which she wasn't wait, wait, wait. near so, 100%. So she's, lost, so she's lost to this chick before. Yeah, she lost to Osaka in her first tournament back, fresh from the pregnancy. Okay. So, okay. you know, it was, and it wasn't one of those big, I think it was a TPA tournament, one, one of those, like, smaller tournaments. Um, then Wimbledon, she made it all the way to the final loss. And then this time she goes back up against Osaka and playing the most dominant tennis. And then this happens. Now, I will, I'm going to go a different route at this point. To add on top of to what you said about you know Serena being a target, Osaka dominated her in that first run, that first set. I mean, That's what I heard That's it, what I heard. it was it wasn't even close. I mean, Osaka was giving it to her, making her run all over the court. Then in the second set, which which makes the penalties seem that much more petty to me. Yeah, yeah, very petty. And so so we get to the second set, and you know again her coach come. Now, her coach later on admitted that he did call out a signal to Serena, but there's no evidence showing that Serena actually looked up in the, in the stands, saw her ball, her, her, I mean, her coach give the signal, and then she just went on and did it. Because he was saying that in an interview prior to what happened, he said, oh, I think Serena needs to attack the net more. She's not attacking enough. So... He made a gesture like attack the net move. And on Serena's next point, she went up to the net and scored. And that's when Serena got into the first altercation with the judge. And they then during the timeout, it seemed like they came to an agreement. And the judge kind of was like, all right, you know, it's cool. I understand. I'm sorry. Maybe it was a misunderstanding. I mean to call you out for that. But then she, this is what lost Serena the match. It wasn't the blow up. It wasn't the meltdown. She was up three to one on Osaka. It was her serve. This was before the meltdown. And she had an opportunity to win on her serve and go up four one. And she didn't. And she ended up losing that set. And then it opened up the door for Osaka to come back in and tie it at three apiece. And then when Osaka won that next set, she slammed her tennis racket on the ground, and that's when she got penalized, and that's when all, you know, the, the wheels fell off. And So she got penalized for basically showing her frustration, is what you're saying? Right, which is against the rules. You cannot break your tennis racket on the court. I get that. But what happened was Serena thought she didn't get penalized for the coaching incident because she thought they had her and a judge had came to an agreement the first time. And then then he went back to that after he penalized her for dropping, throwing the tennis racket down. He went back to that. Well, you should have been coaching and all this other stuff. And she's like, I don't cheat. Not as this, that, and the other. And then the next thing you know, 
she called him a thief. And he added a point on top of the point that Osaka already has scored, which made it 5-3. And now Osaka's uh. confused. Like, how did I end up with five points? So she comes up to the net. Uh, Serena's still arguing. Now the, the, the referees come out and the people from the tennis board or whatever, they come out case. They side with the judge, and the next thing you know, Serena loses the match. I and see. So, and so it's like, honestly, I don't – do I think the, the situation caused her to lose the match? No, I don't think so because I felt like Osaka had her. But – and so I don't think she – I don't think Serena deserved to win that. You know, I don't think she – Serena just was sluggish, man. She, I thought she was going to lose regardless, but you know, I'm not going to blame that for the reason why she lost. But it was petty. Involved with with the adding on another point and penalizing her. Yeah, that that was petty for the racket and yeah. You know, we 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 know what it is, man. We know right right penalizing her for the racket. I get that. I, I I that's against the rules, of course. That's like a technical foul in basketball. You you can't do that. But well, every sport has that, rules where they don't really that, that they never really enforce a hundred percent of the time. Like like with basketball, where like it's the final seconds. They say it's the final two three seconds of a game, and the other team is up by twenty, and you have the ball, and you might during those final seconds you might carry the basketball the last couple of seconds on your way to the bench or on your mm-hmm. way to the locker room. Nobody ever really calls that, right? You know, not unless the game is like tied or tight, right? You know, um, so you know, yeah, they they could have let it pass, but they didn't. We 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 all we all know what it is, man. Yeah, we all we all know she's trying to get her twenty fourth, you know, championship, which I think if not tie or break the record, I have to look that up. But they're doing whatever it takes to keep her from reaching that plateau, especially this early since she's coming off her pregnancy, you know. But uh, with that said, I, I still, I'm still going to send a shout-out to Naomi Osaka. She was very professional during the whole thing. Serena, I give much props to Serena, too. Um, after, the, you know, when they were doing the ceremony, the, the whole trophy ceremony, and Naomi was crying because she felt like, and she said this in the interview later, that she felt like, the crowd was booing her because of what was happening to Serena. And Serena kind of consoled her and was like, listen, yeah, I saw worry that. about that. This is your moment. Y'all stop booing this girl. She deserved it. She fought hard for this. The girl's a huge fan of Serena. The girl drew a picture of her uh, when she was in third grade. The girl idolizes Serena. So this was a dream come true for her. And he, you know, fans want to go and you know, I call ignorant and Serena. Big shouts out to Serena for basically calming the storm that she started. Well, not necessarily she started. The judge started, then it, it turned out escalating and just consoling this young girl, twenty years old. You know, could be doing way game banging in the streets of Chicago, <laughs> and she's you know consoling this girl for this accomplishment. So big shout out to Serena. But yeah, yeah she, you could be out here banging with the folks, you know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
So uh, they could be out here in Jeffrey Manor, like like I am right now, man, watching my back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So uh, what what else you got? On to our next segment. Magnificent Vibes Music Table Discussion. Now, the reason why I added this segment is because I've, I've, I've been cutting hair, you know, I've been telling people about our podcast, and people are like, man, where are the vibes? You know, it's magnificent <laughs> vibes, but why, is it, why, why are y'all talking about sports? Yeah, like, why are y'all just talking about sports, and you only talk about music at the end? Like, like give us some music. I'm like, okay, all right. So we got to give the people what they want. Exactly. We had we had quite a few things happen over the weekend in the music industry, and we, we'll we'll talk about it since it's that that's what the people want. First, um, for all that don't know, uh, for people that do know, Mac Miller uh, ended up dying over the weekend over a uh, drug overdose. Am I correct? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, for for hip hop. So. But I, I don't want to focus on what led to that, what led to that, what was, where was his mindset, and all this other stuff, and what he was going through personally. I just want to break down his career. Let's talk about how good was Mac Miller, because the, the, here's, the, here's the tone in music. When, a, when an artist dies, their music gets elevated, and the homage is way more intense than what it was when they were alive. So we're going to, me and Ian, who are true hip-hop heads, are going to basically break down to you guys whether Mac Miller was really that good or was he just a a good MC, you know? So I want to get your thoughts on Mac Miller, Ian. I I really, honestly, uh, in hindsight, I feel, and I felt this when he was alive, I felt that Mac Miller is a slightly above average artist, talent-wise, who was making a very average music. Um, you know, dude showed potentials of, of greatness. I'm not going to front. Like, you know, he was lyrical. And best of all, man, he, he paid homage to a lot of uh, acts and artists that came before him, like like Laura Finesse and D.I.T.C. and mm-hmm. um, the Beatles and Tupac and you know, he really knew his music history, uh, which is something that's missing in, in today's current generation of rappers. You know, we got rappers who have, ne- who have never even heard of the Wu-Tang Clan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's like, man, like, how are you? We've been living under a rock. Like, I understand you're young and everything, but how have you, how can you be alive and never heard of the Wu-Tang Clan and you're making rap music? Like, it's just so bizarre right. to me. Like, like, Hip hop is the only genre where that's considered cool, or or you get a pass on not knowing about what came before you. Like in rock and roll, man, if you if, if you did an interview and you were like, man, I've never I've never heard of you two, or I've never heard of the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin. I'm sorry, I've never heard of you. Would get laughed out of the industry. Oh, you would definitely. You know, imagine a jazz artist like Billie Holiday. I don't know. I've never really checked out you know you would get laughed out of the industry you know what i mean yeah, you, you would be, you would you know what i'm saying you would be a laughing stock you know and but just you got artists that come out and disrespect all these 
new artists and I mean these older artists and it's it's a it's it's, it's a game. It's funny. It's oh uh, you know that's they ain't trying to hear what these older uh, artists are doing. Man, get out of here with that. But anyway, go so, ahead. <laughs> you know, but Mac Miller he was he didn't fall into that mold, and that's what I I really appreciated about the guy more than his music. You know what I mean? Just 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 being real, man. There's there's I'm 34, man, and like. I'm not really, I don't listen to a whole lot of rappers in their 20s because, like, whatever it is they're talking about, mm-hmm. I've been there, done that, and I've heard other rappers rap about it, in my opinion, better. You know, yeah. so, you know, that music is for the kids, and I'm not a kid, you know. Right. Not to say that they're not talented. I, I definitely heard the talent in Mac Miller, but, you know, I'm not going to sit up here in front like I owned any of his albums. But I, I did think he was a slightly above average artist. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. Um I I first found out about Mac Miller. It was his um not it was the mixtape before he came out with Blue Slide Park and I was like, "Man, you know, this dude this dude is what I really liked about Mac Miller was the fact that he didn't sound like the average uh Caucasian rapper." Or trying to sound like Eminem. You had you had a lot of Caucasian rappers at the time. Remember Eminem was huge, and then you had all these Caucasian rappers coming out, and they were all sounding like Eminem. Yeah, even in the underground. Yeah, even in the underground. Mac was just he raps like he talks. He's that's how he talks. It's like a real slurish type uh, style, but uh, sound like he's always high. You know, which he is, uh, which he was. I mean, but. You know, I, I heard the best the best day ever mixtape. I listened to that and I was like, man, this Mac Miller dude, he, he all right. He, you know, he keeps going. He, he's gonna be decent. Then he came out with Blue Slide Park and he became like the first independent rappers to have a number one album on the Billboard charts, which was a huge accomplishment for him. And it was some decent songs off that album too. Um, I just felt like with Mac, I think that was this hot heat ceiling he was gonna go yeah i feel like i feel like he's built for just rap music only like he he wasn't one of those artists that could just convert over to pop like logic you know that just come out underground and then come over and and talk about social issues like logic is doing but mac just stuck with his roots and just kept doing what he does and with no apology, and he honestly, here's how here was always my opinion of Mac Miller. I felt like Mac Miller was a better feature artist than he was solo. Like I could listen to him on other people's stuff. I remember uh, Prime, that first Prime um, record. Uh, he came out. What was that? Uh, what was that track? It was him, and I think Royce. It feels good. It feels good, right? Or it sounds good right there, you know. And I thought his verse was decent. He's a great, he, I felt like he was always a good featured artist. So um, he was nowhere near whack, in my opinion. He, he, he always was spitting some good stuff, putting out some good material. Real quick, and, real quick. A project a lot of people didn't know he did. He did this under a different name called Larry Lovestein. Okay. Called, uh, Love Affair. No, I'm sorry. The, what was it? The Velvet. Velvet Revival EP. Oh, okay. You, you EP. And um, I don't want to give away too much, 
but when you get a chance, check it out on like YouTube or Spotify, man. Check it out. Okay, definitely. definitely. Have a whole new uh, listeners definitely check that out too. Um, but yeah, he's worked with some great producers too, like Just Blaze, Ninth Wonder, DJ Jazzy Jeff. He's got a lot of material with a lot of old heads in the game. He's done tracks with Bun B. He's done tracks with Talib Kweli. Like, you know, Matt stayed true to his to himself. He never tried to over Alex Stan and be something that he wasn't. And he came with his own style. And, you know, I thought I thought he was a good MC. Do I think he was one of the greatest of all time? No. Um, and I'm sure you feel the same way. But I definitely think he's a respectable artist and he'll definitely be missed. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, on to our next subject, I don't know if you saw this too. Uh, they talked about it a little bit on Jalen and Jacoby yesterday, but uh, we got Cardi B throwing shoes at people. Oh, man. Like, what's up with that, man? Cardi B throwing shoes at Nicki Minaj. She walks away with a big knot on her face, gets reported <laughs> by <laughs> It looked like, remember when Scottie Pippen got elbowed by Alonzo Mourning and he had that big old knot on his head, forehead dude, in the playoffs? Dude, it looked like somebody sold a golf ball. Like, <laughs> man, hey, for a minute, Cardi B, you had me, but, man, I, I'm, you're going to have to take an L on this one. Well, did you, did you, hear, did you hear what provoked it, though? So she mentioned about something about Nicki Minaj saying something about her 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 child, and Nicki came out later and said she didn't say it. She wouldn't disrespect anybody's children or parenting. But what did what did you get? Well, that's what I heard too. That she questioned. She wasn't so much talking about the child, but she was talking about Cardi B's parenting skills or whatever. And um, you know. Which, if, if that happened, yeah, that's still kind of foul, but I don't know, man. Like, what you eat, man? Orange chicken? Like, <laughs> or more like, or more like the, uh, I shouldn't say fight, more like the, ha, ha, hold me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, you know, it, it's, I just shake my head at it, man. Like, because, you know, meanwhile, hey. like, all the white people around who were on the scene when it happened, they're just shaking their head. Like, yeah. like these silly Negroes, you know? <laughs> like, hey, Ian, real quick, what you eating, man? Man, Fritos. They <laughs> <laughs> sound like you was eating orange chicken, man. <laughs> man, no, man. I, mean, I got a bag of Fritos, man. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm, it's a, this is a throwback, man. <laughs> I haven't had Fritos in a minute. You know what's good, though? Man, Fritos with guacamole. Bro, I ain't never tried that one. Man, dude, a couple of podcasts ago, man, I was, I was, I was down in some Fritos with some dipped in some guacamole. I had for lunch, man, dude. I, oh man, I was smashing them boys. It was the best <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> Did you have to pay for that guac? Um, no, the wife, wifey bought it. Wifey oh, bought it. cool, 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 cool. You know, I brown bag it, man. I don't, I don't support none of these establishments. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So yeah. So yeah, so back to Cardi B, man. Like so, 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 so I guess so. You 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 basically feel like Cardi B's just going overboard yeah, with this, or that like like you're winning right now, Cardi. Like you're winning, Cardi's. I mean, uh, uh, Nikki's 
losing. She's on her way down. Just enjoy your success and be cool. Right. You right. know, you don't need to catch a right after you had a kid, man. Like, what's, what's, you know what I mean? Why, why do that? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm like, dude, you, you win it. Don't, don't add more fuel to a fire that's starting to simmer down, really. Like, I felt like after the MTV Awards, people really started trashing Nikki and Cardi kind of walked away to Victor. But now it's like, come on, like, don't, don't do that. And then I seen something and somebody else, they posted this like Cardi B throwing shoes again. I guess she was on. They showed an old episode of Love and Hip Hop where she at a reunion show where she threw a shoe at somebody else. I don't even know who the person is she threw the shoe at because I didn't really watch Love and Hip Hop. But it's like, man, girl, you gotta watch. You gotta control your temper. This is your first album. It's doing great. Don't do anything to put yourself back to where you started. Exactly. Keep getting them checks, man. Keep getting them checks. Don't forget about what Nikki's saying about you. You know, just just leave it alone. Be your own person. You was doing good ignoring her in the first place. So just leave her alone. Let her have a, a you know, let you you let you have your shine, and just let Nikki do do Nikki. Let, let her climb. Try to climb her way back up because that's what she's trying to do. And she's actually Nikki is actually outsmarting her by not going straight to social media and, and, and crying about it and everything. She waited a couple of days to everything simmered down and just like, listen, I ain't being disrespectful, but she can't be coming around throwing shoes at think nothing going to happen. So, Yeah, because it was the bodyguard who lumped her up. From yeah, her. exactly. Yeah, it was the bodyguard that, that gave her. It's like uh, you're not in Fox anymore, man. You're in Hollywood now. Like, right. People have entourages. People have bodyguards, paid bodyguards. It's their it's their job to physically defuse a threat. You know exactly, exactly. You, you can't be doing that. Like, yep. So uh, Cardi B, calm down. Calm. <laughs> Car- Cardi D. That's what I'm gonna start calling Cardi D. Card Cardi, calm down. It, it's <laughs> too much. Uh, next two, I wanted to delve into this because I, I actually I threw this in the segment because I missed your show. Uh, earlier, I came in on vibes and stuff a little bit later on in the, in the episode, but I don't know if you guys got a chance to talk about the Childish Gambino video. We did not. We did not actually. Oh, okay, okay. So, did you get a chance to see it? Yeah, absolutely. What well, What was your thoughts on it? Um, my thoughts were it was a cool video. Like a lot of people in trying it are trying to find all these hidden messages and interpret a lot of the imagery in the in the video um while i i thought it was a decent video it would definitely wasn't as layered and as deep as this is america no, i wonder i wonder if childish gambino is going to be this dude now who just does like deep videos and puts them out there for everyone to try to interpret on weeks on for weeks on end um i felt that the message of 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 um feels like summer was a lot was a lot more simpler and a lot mm-hmm. more concise than the message from the This Is America video. Um, basically, what I got out of it was that hip-hop is basically one big community um, with, you know, different generations, true, but we all kind of live in the same neighborhood in the sense that we all come from the same place in America, which is the urban, poor, disenfranchised areas, and we're all making a living, or they're all making a living, doing this hip-hop music and providing a better life for themselves and kind of living 
in one neighborhood and they have to they have to dwell together, you know, in a neighborly way and kind of get along with each other regardless of age or status in the game. Um, and that we're kind of all in this together, you know what right. I mean? You know, the homage he did at the end with um, – Man, who was that? Was that Whitney Houston? It was yeah, like Whitney it was Whitney and, and Michael Jackson, young, a younger version of Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know, that was I, – I, I think that was more of an homage to those who came before us. I don't think they it, he was getting in any deep message there. Um, you know, I, I think people – I think I think people kind of are, are looking a little too deep with, with, with this video they're trying to look look as deep into it as they looked into the this is america video and i don't think it's that video yeah i agree um honestly i felt i had mixed emotions about the video i'm giving it a mixed review uh i I thought the song was decent i thought and i'm with you in on this just to piggyback on what you said about a lot of these rappers that are under the age of 20. I wasn't really understanding what was going on until halfway through because there were so many artists. I didn't really understand what was going on until halfway through in the video. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I got, I get it now. He's listening to all this music and, and, and it's kind of like he's bringing all of these artists into this one neighborhood and he's listening to all of this music and he's kind of on it. But I didn't realize until maybe when Birdman was grilling on the barbecue grill. I would never eat barbecue from Birdman, first of all. Uh, <laughs> I just don't trust it. Because um, <laughs> I, I think he going, you know, I don't think he going to put the, the seasoning. I don't think he rubs the ribs right. You know, it's kind of shady. You know, I, I'm, I don't I'm know, eating man. some I'm not, shady I'm not, ribs, man. I'm, I'm not eating no barbecue from Birdman. No, nah, man. Just do, man. Come on, man. It, 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 nobody with that many tattoos is a clean person. <laughs> you're not making, you're not preparing my food, burn. Man, he probably hey, needs like, that grill. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, he was gonna put find a way to put drugs. In <laughs> he probably pouring Hennessy on that. <laughs> <laughs> he pouring Hennessy on the coals to set the fire. You know, like, oh right. man, uh, uh-uh, uh, nah, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't down with that. I ain't down with it. That's the one thing I did agree with with the whole video was was Birdman grilling, man. Nah, I ain't eat no barbecue. From Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue, man. <laughs> nah, man. Is it is it finished or is it done? <laughs> Meat all red and you know, uh, uh-uh. uh, no way, no way. But yeah, I just felt like I just felt like all the cutscenes were just too quick for me to grasp each artist. Like I like when they slowed it down into the dark and they showed Chris Brown crying and they showed uh, Don, uh Chris Brown Kanye. Yeah. Well Chris Brown was they you know, Chris Brown had his hat and he was crying. That was and then you had Kanye crying with uh, Michelle Obama with his arms around him. And he had the. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. That reminds me, Michelle Obama. If you're listening, I don't know why you would be, but if you are listening, my offer still stands. Let's <laughs> let's, let's let's go out and talk. You know, we'll talk about. It. That's right. Informal witnessing. That's the way to go. <laughs> right. That's the way to go. Exactly. Hey, hey, you ain't no longer your husband. No longer president. 
Hey, this, the end is getting close. Please jump on board. Obama will be ready. He'll be more than ready. He talked to us millions of times, man. He he knows the deal. <laughs> but yeah, college your boy. Yeah, but yeah, the the, the video, I, like I said, the cutscenes were just so quick. I couldn't really understand who was who, and I had to kind of like do some research and look up um, on Wikipedia what rappers was on this. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, it is this for Jamaica. Janelle Monae was in it. Like, there was a lot of different artists in it that I didn't really catch watching the video because all the cutscenes were just too quick, um, and people were kind of like when they showed P Diddy and Jay Z. Uh, line dancing i couldn't really see the artist really good too to like really tell who it is so I, honestly i i thought the video was was okay i didn't think it was that great um i like i'm with you i like this is america a lot better like, i do like the fact that childish gambino takes it a different route with his music in regards to music videos you get, you know, one of the things that have, have really been a detriment to hip hop is that our videos have have been have our created our creativity when it comes to music videos have sunk to just in the club, bunch of girls dancing, video vexings on a boat and throwing money around. You know what I'm saying? With all your goons around you. Yeah, with all your goons holding guns, like like man, not creative. Anybody can make a video with that type of material. I, I go on 79th Street in Cottage Grove right now and pull out some some hood rats, have them stand on the corner, have a couple of drug dealers that's already standing on cottage. Hey, y'all want to jump in on this video? Yeah. Hey, don't it, forget, it, don't forget the Rottweiler shot. The, oh, the, the, don't forget, yes, the Rottweiler shot, somebody driving slow in a drop top around, turning down the corner. You got the old lady that's like sitting on a, on a, on a stoop. Just with her legs crossed, smoking a cigarette. Like, I'm tired of seeing the same thing. Let's, let's get creative with these videos. And that's what I appreciate about what Childish Gambino is doing. He's getting creative, man. And, and that's what I feel like more artists uh, need to start doing in the hip hop uh, community. It's, they're trying, but it's not, it's not working. <laughs> but yeah. Which way do they go, George? Which way do they go? We got what you think is going to happen. Our next segment, what do you think is going to happen? And we, we wanted to touch on this topic. Uh, the Redskins logo and the name has been a conversation of controversy um, over the last, what, four years now? Something Supreme, like that. The Supreme Court agreed that the Redskins will be keeping their name due to the first amendment. But... Roger Goodell was asked earlier this year, will they change the Redskins logo? And he basically said that he doesn't see a name change anytime soon. Daniel, Daniel Snyder, who is the owner of the Redskins, side note, the Redskins have trash since Daniel Snyder has taken over the Redskins, end of quote. And he still doesn't want to get rid of the name. He even basically slammed his, his fist on the table and said, this is not going to happen. So, Ian, I wanted to discuss your thoughts on this. You, you, had some, you wanted to release some strong uh, words about this in our last episode. We couldn't really do it. <laughs> the platform. Well, not so much strong, man. But, 
this is like the height of arrogance and the height of like white privilege. Um, you know, when somebody's telling you something is offensive, just take their word for it that it's offensive. Yeah. Um, I totally can understand why the term redskin would be offensive to the Native American community. You know, it's like, you know, you, you relegated them to like almost like a, a, a subhuman, um, you, you know, a subhuman group. Um, you know, and, and for for white people to just be purposely obtuse about it, I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, of course you don't see what the big deal is because you're not Native American. You know, mm. like, it's the same thinking that goes into, well, black people say the N-word, why can't I say it? It's because, right. you know, we, we, we paid the price to be able to appropriate that word the way we see fit. Okay, right. and it was never a word to describe you. It was a word that was invented to describe our own wretchedness. Right. So, yeah, you don't have a say in how to use that word. And, right. you know, white people, they don't they don't care. About, oh, I, I shouldn't say it that way. Like privileged white people who are racially insensitive, they don't have to care about these things because they they they've never been oppressed. You know, they, they truly, truly cannot empathize with a group saying, hey, this is offensive. You know, but hmm. everyone got up in arms when Bomani Jones on ESPN wore that Caucasian uh, T-shirt. You, you remember mm-hmm. that? I don't remember that. I had to look it, it up. It was in the style of the Cleveland Indians logo, but instead of the red Indian face, it was a white face. And instead of a feather popping up behind his head, it was a dollar sign. And instead of it said, oh, wow. of course, it had blue eyes and blonde hair. And instead of saying Indians, it said Caucasians. And people got, got up in arms about it. Oh, Bob Bomani Jones is racist. This is the outrage. He's like, yeah, you know how you feel about the shirt I wore? That's how Native Americans feel about the Cleveland Indians or the Washington Redskins. You know, and like, I personally hope that nothing good happens for that franchise until they change their name. Right. Yeah. You know, I, if a Mexican a person point. tells me, um, if a Mexican person tells me that the that the expression, you know, beaner is offensive to them, then I'm gonna take their word for it. I'm gonna be like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, well, why? But why? You know, I we said it all the yeah. time. Like, like, no, nah, they're telling me something's offensive. I'm just, I'm gonna just stop. And, and number right. two, it's like when it comes to these racial slurs, you know, as 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 a way to offend people. Like, I'm smarter than that, man. I'm smarter mm. than that. I could think up of a million things to call you before I attack your, your you know, entire racial group or your, your entire ethnicity, man. It's, it also smacks of this, like, this proud ignorance and this, 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 this just people being proud of being dumb. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I, I just want to say this because I can. And my daddy right. said it and my granddaddy said it, so I'm going to say it. It's like, right. Well, come up with something. If you want to, if you want to call someone a name or, or offend them in some kind of way, man, be, be more creative than, than using a, a, a 200 year old word. Right. Yeah. And, and, and kudos to, uh, shouts out to the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they changed their logo. Uh, in the wake of all of the stuff that was happening with the Redskins. So they took action, and it seems like the Redskins are being uh, pretty hard-headed in when, in when it comes to changing this name. And, and, and on top of uh, what you just said, I feel like this. If it offends one person, 
and it's and it's like that scripture that we talk about. If uh, if my if my arm stumbles you, I cut it off. You know what I mean? If uh, my arm stumbles one person, I'm gonna cut it off. You know, Paul said that famously. I just feel like if it stumbles one person, if, uh, if or two people or three people, then it's it's time to say, you know what? Nah, I, I, I'm a I'm I'm gonna go ahead and make some changes, but. It's the world that we live in. It's prideful. They, you know, the rest. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start my own little league team, Rodney. It's it's gonna be an all black and Latino little league team. <laughs> and we, I'm gonna name it. I'm gonna name it the Rosalind Peckerwood. <laughs> and our our mascot is gonna be a big white dude in uh in a polo shirt. Right, right. And, and then people are gonna get super offended and ready to basically destroy the whole team and the whole organization. And so it's the same thing. It's the, the Redskins, they, they, you know, it's, it's, it's come to a point where if everybody is making changes to not offend the masses or to defend a smaller portion of the crowd, in this tech case, there's a small portion of Native Americans just leave it leave it alone. Change the name. It's not going to hurt. Fans are still going to come see your games, especially if you, you know, are winning. Start off winning their first game this year. Don't know what they're going to do the rest of the season. But if they keep winning, they're going to support the team regardless. Ain't nobody in Washington complaining about, oh, man, I wish we were the Washington Bullets again. I'm tired of being the Washington Wizards. No. If the Washington yeah. Wizards go to the finals and, they, and they're winning and they're on the verge of winning a championship, fans, the last thing that's going to come out of a fan's mouth is, man, I would be cheering for them, but man, I, I, I used to, I, I cheer for the Washington Bullets, so I'm not going to support. No, it's Washington. They're going to support their team regardless. Exactly, exactly. The pe- people got behind the New Orleans Pelicans immediately. You know, Immediately. I, I thought the name was terrible. I'm like, Pelicans? Who want to respect yeah. the team? The Pelicans. No, nobody's going to respect that. Then Anthony Davis made you change your mind real quick when he got them to the playoffs a couple of times. And now everybody's Pelican, you know, everybody's embracing the Pelicans name. And people forget that it was the New Orleans Hornets. People forget about that. So, you know, Redskins, y'all need to do something. And speaking of Anthony Davis, this goes to our, our, our next part. Uh, about what do you think is going to happen. Now, he just fired or just let go of his former agent and has hired Rich Paul as, or he's on the verge of hiring Rich Paul as his new agent. Rich Paul is currently the agent of LeBron James. Yeah. Paul Pierce went on the jump yesterday and said that this could be a possibility that Anthony Davis could be. If the New Orleans Pelicans start off the season sluggish, the New Orleans organization is going to have a gun to their head and they're going to make a trade to send Anthony Davis to the Lakers. What's your thoughts on that? I mean... You think it's going to happen? It's The setup here is obvious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Before you even got into all of that, the minute you said said he was going to fire his agent and hire Rich Paul, I already knew. 
this dude's going to the Lakers. Like we 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 already know what it is. Uh, since Boogie left, I I wouldn't be surprised if AD was looking. You know, he started looking for the exit as soon as Boogie left. Mm-hmm. Um, and where else where else would be greener pastures? You know, other than where LeBron went, which is the Lakers. So, man, the fix is in, man. The fix is in. <laughs> Ain't it? They're gonna find a way. They by 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 hella high water, dude. They're gonna find a way to make the Lakers relevant again. Oh, of course. They started off by making the best move in the regular in the off season is getting Lance Stevenson. Now, I mean, that's all you need right there. Exactly. You you start off by getting Lance Stevenson, then you add uh, Anthony Davis to the mix. You got the top. You now you're talking top two players squad on one team and LeBron is the sidekick? <laughs> Come on, man. Ain't, ain't nobody being that. Golden State ain't ready for that. You know, Lance, man, Lance is going to dunk all over them, man. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait till the season starts, man. Like, oh my God. Like, like. I, I, I already sensed this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a prediction right now and it's going to happen. I cannot wait to see Lance Stevenson and Draymond Green have an altercation. It's oh, gonna, dude, that'd dude. Be, that's going to be awesome, dude. Yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome, and it's going to happen. I, I, I promise you it's going to happen. That's going to bring out the lover of violence in me, man. Like... <laughs> he said it's going to bring out the lover of violence. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but, man, dude, like, like you're right, though, man. Like, yeah, the, the, the fix is in, man. The fix is in. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes them like a championship contender. Well, I mean, it does. It does. I take that back. It makes them a championship contender. Yeah, it does. It makes them a champ. It, it definitely. I don't have the Lakers. And when and, and it, when we uh when the preseason start for for NBA, we definitely gonna make our our predictions. But I don't have Lakers top five in in the West like a lot of other experts have them. I don't think I did either. I did like a um a quick run through. I can't remember where I had them, but um we'll get into it when we do our predictions. Oh, definitely, definitely. All right, so we're gonna go into our last segment and this go is it's it's definitely going to I this is this is it's not a tough one for me. But because I used to be a fan of his, but ever since this trade went down with Khalil Mack, John Gruden has been a sucker to the media. They have been dogging this man. So I don't know if you notice, <clears throat> the Rams put that beat down on the Raiders the other night. Which surprised. And it didn't surprise me because I, I believe in the Rams this year. I think the Rams got a really solid team. I think that I was watching that game and John Gruden was coaching that game like he was stuck in the 90s, man. It was bad, bro. Like, every play was to the tight end. And I'm like, when you going to use your receivers? He's running the ball with Marshawn Lynch, who's almost 40. And (laughs) (laughs) he's running to the ground like he's got Mike Allstott. You know, it's like, come on, man. This This ain't the 90s, John. And the defense looked atrocious without Khalil Mack. This man 
dropped a huge ball. This and he he came into it thinking it was all about him. This man got paid a hundred million dollars. Don't want to pay his best player ninety million dollars. Says peace out. Talking about oh, then he comes out and says oh Camille Khalil didn't want to be here. I'm like no no, you didn't want Khalil here because you was tripping because you're so stuck in the nineties and two thousands when players want to complain about their money situation. And you like, well, if you go on somewhere then, you, you don't have to be with them. If you don't like it, you can walk. You know? Yeah, you can walk. You know, got the, this old school mentality. And he's setting the Raiders back five years. Hey, nobody came to see you, John Gruden. You made a huge mistake. Just fess up to the media and say it. You made a mistake by giving away your best player and y'all look like trash. And y'all going to continue to look like trash if you keep playing like y'all, you still coaching in the 90s. Yeah, man. I, I, I was surprised, man. I thought he was going to have them clicking like he had uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clicking, you know, back yeah. in 2002, 2003, man. And yeah, yeah. They looked, they looked bad, man. Yep. They look real bad. They look real bad. <laughs> so... so, so- so tell me this. So where, where, where do we stand with our, our, our first week predictions, man? What's the what's – the All score? right. So uh, we both won the first game. I think I got you down as five losses, but I, you're, wait, wait, you're wait, wait, wait. better I than I, I. No, I had the Packers. I went back and listened to the last segment uh, okay. from last week. You, We both picked the Bears. Uh, you ha- the, the game that I lost is I lost the Colts game. You had picked the Bengals to win that one. And we both lost the Titans game. We both won the Vikings game. I you picked New England to be Houston. I lost that one. Okay. We both lost the Saints. That's five. That's two losses for you. Uh let's see. You you had picked the Redskins to lose, so that's three. You picked the Raiders to win, that's four. And then you picked the Lions to win, that's five. So you only lost five games. So you have a better record than me right now. Oh, wow. <clears throat> hey, man. <laughs> it is what it is, man. I don't know how I did it, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so not watching football on Sundays, man. I have so much more time to like devote to other things. <laughs> <laughs> so your your record is eleven and five. So you you have a better than me so far. Um, I just quickly skim through these next games for this next week because we're gonna stack again. We're gonna see who gonna be who gonna come out on top. Uh, Seattle Bears, who you got? Oh man, give me the Bears this time. Okay, I got the Bears too. All right. Uh, Bengals, Ravens. Ooh. Man, give me the Bengals. You got the Bengals? All right. I have the Ravens. All right, next up, we got the Panthers and, and Falcons in Atlanta. Give me the Falcons. I got the Falcons, too. All right. Next up, Chargers at Bills. I got the Chargers. That's not even a 
nothing to think. Um, about. yeah, give me the Chargers. Bills looked it awful. They got destroyed last week. Um, oh, this is gonna be a good one though. I think I might watch this one. Man, you can put me in a uniform and put me on the Bills. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd rather be. I, you know what? Only good thing about the Bills is their tailgating, man. That's it. <laughs> uh, Packers. Uh, Vikings visit Lambeau. Give me the pack. You got the pack. I'm going with the Vikings on this one. But yeah, because uh, I, I still just don't think the Packers just did not look impressive. I mean, it was just Aaron Rodgers. It was the Aaron Rodgers show. Um, Houston Texans versus the Texans. I got the Texans. Give me the Texans. All right. Uh, Browns, uh, that orange helmet team. That, by the <laughs> way, by the way, shouts out to the Rams for pulling off. I mean, the the Browns for pulling high last week against. They the did, Phillies. man. I'm like, I'm like, what are the chances? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, they're the they, thing for a win. They'll get all season, though. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because they are on the road against the Saints, who are angry from losing to the Bucks last week. Oh, uh. I guess that makes six losses. I forgot to count that one for you, Ian, but you still got a better record than me. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Browns and the Saints. I got the Saints. Give me the Saints. All right. The Browns. <laughs> the Browns. Um, the Dolphins and the Jets. The oh, Jets. man. Jets looked impressive, man. Hey. Hey, I'm going to ride with the Jets on this one, man. I was impressed with them, too, last week. I, I was just happy they beat the Lions. Give me the Jets, man. All right, cool. Uh, Chiefs, Steelers. I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs, too. All right. Steelers did not look good against the, the orange helmets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eagles. say their names. No, nah, man. No, nah, man. The orange helmets. Uh, the Eagles. They, they helmets are made out of jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> dude, that's 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 hilarious. Dude. Uh, we got we got the Eagles and the Bucks, Tampa Bay Bucks. Man, give me they, the Bucks, man. Hey, they looked impressive last week. I'm going with the Bucks. And then uh, the Colts at the Redskins. Give me the Colts, man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Skins. On this one, as you much do, as you're, you're rooting with white privilege, huh? yeah, I'm gonna have to root for white privilege this time. <laughs> I, you know what, the coach looked good. Uh, Andrew Luck looked better than what I thought he was gonna look, but they gotta, they gotta run the football, man. They made this man throw the ball 50 times, and this is his first game back, man. Come on, dude, you can't do. They're gonna get that man killed again. Um, Rams at home against Arizona. I got Rams easy. Yeah, Rams. The cards are cards are bad this year, man. Uh, the Lions at San Francisco. This is a trap game right here. Man, Lions at San Francisco. Give me, give me San Francisco. I got San Fran too. Uh, Oakland, your team, Oakland, and the Denver Broncos. Woo! In Denver, man, give me Denver. Sorry, I, got over too. I, I got, I got <laughs> my love for the Bay, man. Hey, man. Hey, 
Hey, John Gruden. Hey, Rich Gannon ain't co- he ain't no quarterback no more. Earth, Earth to John Gruden. He's retired, man. Man, make make E forty y'all head coach. <laughs> That's what they go have to do, cause man, John Gruden, man, he off to a bad start. Oh, big one right here though. Rematch of last year's in a AFC Championship game, the Patriots and the Jaguars. Who you got in Jacksonville? I'm still going with the Pats. I got the Pats too. And last but not least, I, I I already know where you're going with this one. Giants on the road against the the boys. Um, yeah, give me the Giants. Well, let me Cowboys see. looked at like trash last week. Yeah, but the Giants don't really look too good either. No, they didn't either. <laughs> this no. is a bad game. I'm I'm not for the record. I'm not watching this game. Yeah, I'm not watching none of them. <laughs> <laughs> but give me the give me the Giants, man. Okay, I got the Giants too. So uh, we got we got that, pretty much the same about you. I hope. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> hey man, Dak looked at like trash, trash. Day, man, I was I was actually happy for Cam Newton, man. That was a good home opener for Cam Newton, man. He put on the show, looking like he back to the old Cam. So, um, good picks, good picks. We'll have the results for you next week. Ian is kicking my butt right now, so hopefully I can make a comeback next week. We shall see. We shall see. Yes, definitely. All right. So, our last segment, vibes of the week. What you got? What you been? Bumping? I've been I've been going over our instrumental albums uh, for the face off for the album face off for the vibes and stuff podcast this week. Our album face off is Jay Dilla's Donuts uh, going against Pete Rock's Pete's Instrumentals. Uh, both of these are instrumental albums, um, uh, hip hop instrumentals, uh, which I think is a very slept on subgenre in, in in the game. Um, these rappers ain't talking about nothing, so I shoot. Man, let me just listen to some good beats, man. But I've been bumping right. those two albums, uh, getting my analysis on those. But I've also been bumping L. Michael's Affair. Um, they're like a, uh, a old school blues funk group. They did an okay. album called Return to the 37th Chamber, which is a, yes. um, a, a homage album to the Wu-Tang Clan. They do a lot of uh, different interpolations of old classic Wu-Tang joints. And uh, I believe I sent you the joint to share at the end of the show. Yes, yes. Okay. I also got that cream track, too. Oh, man, that's a good one, too. And there's another one. I'm, I'm going to save it for next week, though. I'm going to save it for next week. All right, week. cool. But I, I'm going I'm to I'm 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 put on the one that you sent. I, I would love to post the cream, but if you guys just, just listen to it on your own. Listen to the one that Hey, hey we got plenty of podcasts left to do, man. We'll oh, definitely. Get around to it. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh. For me, myself, I've been bumping uh, DiBiase's Baker Dozen um, album. I started off the intro of the show with it. Um, one of the, not actually, it's not the Baker's Dozen. It was off another album. So you'll, once you'll, you'll hear it in. It's, it's a pretty dope beat. 
Um, but DiBiase's a beast. He's from LA. Again, producer, uh, instrumentals, hip hop instrumentals that is definitely dope. Uh, I didn't know that's how you pronounce his name. I thought it was Diabase. Yeah, you know what? I one of the samples he actually had a sample of a radio show in the beginning of one of the tracks, and it he the the, the um I guess he featured on the radio show, and the guy was introducing him. He introduced him as DiBiase. So I was like, oh. Okay, I was saying the bias. Yeah, I was calling him diabetes. <laughs> man, so I, I don't, new, man. man, learn something new. Just giving this man all types of names, but <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, definitely check out DBIC's material. I will drop one of his beats. Um, also, at the end of the segment, uh, I'm trying to figure out one I feel like could be a good one to add-on that will blend in well with Ian's recommendation. So with that said, that ends our show. For sure, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Tune in next week. We're going to have some big, big topics uh, coming up. Also wanted to hey, – we didn't have time, but I also wanted to get into Bynum, which <laughs> is fool. <laughs> I wanted ain't to have nobody, a – <laughs> Ain't nobody coming to see him. <laughs> Hey, he already he already sealed his fate for the next show. He will definitely be in that segment. So Yo, another topic, man, I want to get to uh, ESPN. From now on, they're cutting the national anthem from all broadcasts of uh, football uh, games. Wow, that's 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 big. That's big. I think they they just don't want the drama. I just think they don't they don't want all the drama. Yeah, I, I think it's a good thing, but I, I'll share my thoughts next week. All right, cool. I'll add that on to uh, next week's segment. So, again, uh, straight from commercial, what, 93rd, I'm on, I'm, on 70, I'm on 71st and Jeffrey at the moment. Oh, man, dude, I almost got robbed at the McDonald's over there. That's a good story time for next week, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you sure it wasn't me who almost robbed you? <laughs> no, it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it it. I'm gonna save it for next show. I'm gonna say that one for next show. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> I got an interesting take on that McDonald's over there. Is it still over there, by the way? Um, is it? Oh, you know, you know what? I take that back. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the wrong one. Actually, the the Yates McDonald's. That's the one on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, 79th and Yates McDonald's, the only, that was the one I almost got robbed at. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. But somebody came to my rescue, and I'll reveal that in the next week's show. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for Magnificent Vibes, man. That wraps up the show. Y'all have a good one. Happy listening, and uh, definitely enjoy the tracks afterwards. For sure. All right, man. Until next time.
I'm watching the llama channel. They're showing when good llamas go bad. Oh, wait, 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 wait. But just slap your hands to the beat, huh? But just slap your hands to the beat. But just slap your hands to the beat, huh? But just slap your hands to the beat. But just slap your hands to the beat, huh? But just slap your hands to the beat. But just slap your hands to the beat, huh?